Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Gentleman. Now I am Sean. And you and are like tired. Oh, it's not me this time. Oh, God. I'm doing good. <laughs> and it's doing good. It sounded horrible. Okay. Uh, you know what? We What I noticed this week that we just completely uh, didn't even notice until it already happened. We've had over a thousand lifetime listens. And man, that was a mark I was ready to get to. I know, dude. Man, a thousand listens. A thousand people have listened to our ramblings. I am pretty excited about that. And I really think that's pretty cool for us good friends that decided to record the conversations that we've had for 20 plus years. People are actually listening to it and seem to enjoy it. And we appreciate every single one of you. Um, looks like the first thing I'm running into is Grand Tour, which is the new show on Amazon. Is that right? Yes. Grand Tour is the new show starring Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond. And I watched it the night it came out. It released on Friday the 18th, and I caught it right at midnight. It came right up, and let me tell you, it was amazing. They, You can tell that they have a super increased budget from Top Gear BBC. It was just incredible. We got to see, if you're a car person, you got to see the holy trinity of the new hybrid supercars. You got to finally see Ferrari, the McLaren P1, and the Porsche 918 go head-to-head-to-head. To head to head. Oh, and let me just say, my favorite of the three, one, go Porsche. It was awesome. Spoilers. I saw the new Kong trailer. Well, of course. I have not seen the new Kong trailer. I saw the, uh, the newest Kong Skull Island trailer. Looks really good. I'm not sure about John C. Riley though. He it was kind of goofy, but other than that, it looked really great. I have not had a chance to see it, dude. I I want to see it. I just haven't had the time. I know it's out there. It just hasn't made its way to my cell phone yet, and that's more than likely where I'll watch it. It does look great from what I seen from the original. And what what is John C. Riley's role in this that makes it look so? Is it just him, his presence, or does he just not seem to fit the fit the bit? Um, it looks like the way the trailer is. It looks like he's been on the island and knows the natives and knows the lay of the land, and it's a. It doesn't play well. I mean, the rest of the trailer does show off several things. Like there are several other monsters on the island. There's um gigantic bugs and uh, other things. Really exciting looking. I'm just not sure about the fit on John C. Riley. It'll be exciting to see the way he does in there then. I, I like John C. Riley, but then again, the reasons I like John C. Riley is got to be Step Brothers, it's Talladega Nights, it's roles that are far from that of Kong Skull Island. So we'll see how it goes. Okay, and. Some exciting news did come out this week. Once again, Star Wars, you know, we're less than a month out from Rogue One. Very exciting casting. Emilia Clark, Mother of Dragons herself, Khaleesi, is going to be in our Star Wars movie. I'm excited to see what Emilia Clark does. You know, I always thought it'd be cool. Maybe, maybe she'll have force powers. That would be really neat. Because then, you know, you could have the, the Mother of Dragons having force powers. It'd just be fun for us, the fans. 
the ones that are fans of both Game of Thrones and Star Wars. Also, another thing that came out this week, James Gunn is still talking the original Guardians of the Galaxy. A fan kind of uh, confronted him about were there any more secrets left in Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, uh, Gunn has talked about one of the big secrets since the movie's released somebody, nobody ever found. And he bet a fan $100,000 that it has not been discovered yet. That's crazy. I think I need to watch Guardians of the Galaxy again. I, I, boy, I, w- I want to watch that movie again. I guarantee you it's something in the collector's collection, but... I just want to get to the next movie to see what what tidbits and what uh, treasures are in that. And moving on to... We got some more Deadpool news. Now, you pulled this article, didn't you? Yeah, the Deadpool 2 got the John Wick director, David Litch. John Wick was a movie that I did not see it. I did not have any expectations for it at all until it already came out on DVD. And then everybody started raving about it. And I sat down and watched it one night, and that was a very good movie. So last night when I was searching for stuff, and I noticed this director was pulled for Deadpool. I looked up his full repertoire, and he's done some really good movies. He's done John Wick, great movie. V for Vendetta, great movie. Born Legacy, that's the Jeremy Renner one. I thought it was very good. It fit into the Born system. I, I liked it. And he also has Dukes of Hazard on his resume. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I saw Dukes of Hazard in the theaters. So, you know, maybe this guy's got it lined up. He could give us a uh, funny yet action-packed movie at the same time. Yeah, I liked Dukes of Hazard. I mean, it's a different take, and, and I knew that going in. I thought it was funny. The The funniest part about it is the outtakes of Johnny Knoxville laughing at, uh, well, what's-his-face, uh, driving the car. The Born Legacy, I, I, it's the only Born movie I own because I've never sat down and watched all the other ones. And V for Vendetta is great. Yeah, dude. V for Vendetta, definitely, uh, you know, pretty much a, a yearly watch in this household every 5th of November. So I look to you to tell us a comic book story. You know, I, I find new comics that I need to look for and all that by the stories you're able to tell me. So what do you got this week? Uh, most of the stories I tell are just mid-run stories, not like... We're not talking about Infinity Gauntlet or or like Crisis on Infinite Earths kind of stories. Stories in mid-runs, just good, well-told, good art stories. One of those is the new Fantastic Four. Now, this was Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, the Grey Hulk, and Wolverine in Fantastic Four number 347, 48, and 49. The Fantastic Four was captured by uh, a scroll. And she transformed into Sue Richards and convinced uh, the new Fantastic Four to avenge their deaths when actually it was a smokescreen to steal uh, some scroll technology from the Mole Man who, who uh, it, it, the stuff had crash-landed on Monster Island. It, man, the, uh, the arts by Arthur Adams, you know, the story is just a story, but it's really great to see midline, I mean, the artist at the time on Fantastic Four, I believe, was Walter Simonson. And this was just a break in the story, different art style. Uh, really neat to see those characters interacting with the Fantastic Four. Um, this kind of stuff I really like to see when it's done well. Sometimes it's not done well and it sucks. But this is a good one. I really like this one. That sounds awesome, dude. 
you know, I've never read any of that. You know, I, I'm not I'm not that well versed in a lot of in you know outside of the main major storylines and stuff. People that are main cogs in universes, and when you say the new Fantastic Four, that that's awesome. Like I really want to read the new Fantastic Four right there with Spider Man, Hulk, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. I mean, that's four of four characters that I never knew were the new Fantastic Four. I know that shows my true knowledge of comic books, but those four together sounds like it would just be incredible story after incredible story. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, and I I did want to go ahead and speak to... I've mentioned this a couple of times, pulling stories out of the Fantastic Four run. Um, Just in general, if you wanted to read good comics pick up or get trade paperbacks or on your Marvel Unlimited subscription read like Fantastic Four number 214 or whenever John Byrne or or, uh, George Perez was still on the book all the way through around 370, 380. I mean, most of that's going to be John Byrne's run on the comic, which is really great stories, really great art. I mean, you've got, in in that run, you have uh, Doctor Doom uh, steals Terax's powers, gets uh, the scene from the first Fantastic Four movie where he's in the street and he's encased in his own armor. That's pulled from that, that series. He transfers his consciousness somewhere else. He uh, gets re- gets into a new body. The whole uh, trial of Reed Richards is in all that. The... Uh, moving of uh, Inhuman City to the blue area, the moon is in that. The uh, there's a great story about the trip to the negative zone where they they basically just go on a a, a spacefaring trip through the negative zone and 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 tell a bunch of stories that way. Uh, there's a great Nick Fury, She-Hulk replaces Thing during this this uh, run. John Byrne's still on at that time. Then Walter Simonson takes over. Uh, in the 320s, something like that, and they they fight Galactus in an alternate world thing, and there's the the ultimate uh, nullifier, and <laughs> it's just a really good run of stories. Now, not every issue is a winner, but if you want to read some good comics, <laughs> go through go through that series and talk back to us. And if you're a fan of the Fantastic Four, I'm speaking directly to the audience now, please. Give us your opinion or questions you have about any of those stories. Maybe you think John Byrne sucks. You know, I, I want to talk about stuff like this. This is my bread and butter. So if you've got anything to say about this, I want to have that conversation. We can move on into our Lost in Time segment where I think I found some good stuff this week. I was kind of proud of myself finding some good stuff. What are you going to hit us with first, a toy or a cartoon? Cartoon. Last week, I played the intro for this on the end of the episode, Bionic 6. Now, did you ever see this? I have not seen Bionic 6 when I was listening to the outro, and I was like, I've never heard this song before. I I don't know what it is. Well, see, that's okay, because I didn't either, because our friend Matt told me about this show. I had never seen a thing about it until I looked up him saying something about it. It's a show about a a family made up of different people, like that have come together, like there's some accident and a bunch of different people are injured, and they all get bionic parts, and they all live together. They're uh, 
you know, different races, different uh, ethnicities. But they're all cyborgs. Yeah, like. Um, or they're all like, or they're or they're all like the million dollar man. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Well, I mean, there's a there's a younger girl who has like telekinetic powers, but anyway, it's um, I've but I never watched it. So I did some research on it whenever he told me, and I watched a few episodes, and this would be really good today. I mean, this was a very progressive cartoon for the time it came out, and, you know, not to be political or anything like that, but this this show would fit in very well with today's kind of thought. I mean, it was a, it was a family, like I said, consisting of a multicultural, multi-ethnicity, cyborgs, they had fun, they fought the bad guys. I think it was an ecological kind of thing kind of not captain planet but but the the intro is a ama- if you look up the animation the intro on YouTube just the animation is is mind-blowing on that it's really good and I think this would be good to to see redone today that sounds fun yeah I thought the uh, the intro of the actual bionic six sounded really awesome like it reminded me of a, a 70s song done by maybe sly and the family stone that's what I was looking for it sounds like very sly and the family stone type song and I was like what is this why have I never even heard of it because it kept us talking about a feature family and I was like I do not know if this is a cartoon or a TV show or what it is but I will definitely have to look that up now this week I went I went with something I've I know I've mentioned at least two or three times just in passing but when i woke up for school there was if i woke up normally uh when i was eating breakfast this cartoon was on every day and that was hanna barbera's wacky races and i loved it i loved this show i looked it up last night it's from 1968 i had no idea it was that old and you know i I mean i'm watching this as for during breakfast in the early to mid 80s and i loved every minute of it i always loved watching who was in the lead uh of the wacky racers and you know it's all different hanna-barbera cartoons there's the two cavemen there's uh i believe there was it even a hillbilly wagon that was the like the arkansas something i cannot think of what it was but i was like oh they said arkansas sweet and i always thought it was fun you know I just really enjoyed the the wacky races. Did did you ever watch it? Yeah, I did. I mean that whenever I think of wacky races, I mean, uh, I mean, there's just a slew of cartoons that were in and about that because it was basically any cartoon Hanna Barbera had their hands on came together in this show. I mean, it makes me think of Herculoids or Shmoo or Captain Caveman, Jetsons, Flintstones, you know, all all that kind of stuff. It was awesome. Space Ghost, uh Birdman, just all oh. that that all that kind of time is, is when I think of Wacky Races, that's everything that's up in that with me. That's awesome. So here's a random off-the-topic question. So was there ever a Birdman cartoon before the Adult Swim Birdman? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was Space Ghost and uh, Birdman, yeah. I've, I've never seen early Birdman. I need to find it. Yeah, he has some... That is way cool. Is he the one with the dog? No, no, it's the other one with the dog. The dog that has, like, springs in its legs and that kind of thing. I can't remember the name of it, but... Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. I was so young that just runs together like that. 
Herculoids. I can't say that I ever actually watched Herculoids, but I knew I saw the commercials and stuff like that. The Schmoo runs together on that, and I know he had his own thing. And then whenever he, whenever that hits my brain, I think a Rubik the Cube, a Rubik's Cube had a cartoon. Jeez, it's all that, in there. That is craziness. Your your brain is filled with much much '80s knowledge and goodness. But when as we move to our toy section, did you ever collect muscles? Are you kidding me? Who didn't have muscles? Okay, that's awesome. Then, then what, I, what I'm speaking of is millions of unusual small creatures lurking every M-U-S-C-L-E. Uh, I just remember uh, collecting these. I believe they came in like you could get them in just uh, the box that would hang, you know, like any other action figure and it had like five of them in there but but my dream that i never had was there were always these huge play sets that had like 25 to 30 of these things all in a giant box and what they were little pink action figures that weren't really moved they didn't move and they were like a six-armed wrestler, or some of them would be like a luchador, and some of them were dressed like monsters, and some were like muscled-up uh, wrestling men. But they were just basically anything somebody could imagine and press into the form of a small figure, they would do it. And they were just so much fun to collect. Yeah, like they had... Champion. I mean, basically, it was a whole wrestling theme in America. Um, they had a belt you could, that came with figures. You had the Cosmic Crusher set that had, like, 20 figures. Yeah, and I mean, it was just, like, block people, blob people, people with small heads and huge hands, people with six arms. Just the four-packs were the, were the peg hangers. And they were just these pink gaudy looking things that you just could not get enough of like you just wanted them all so you could throw them around in the in the ring you could buy yes absolutely um you know i kind of went with your take on something i looked up even more information and in these originated in japan and tell me if i say this right because you probably know it's kenny kuman is what they were called kenny kuman and they actually had a cartoon over in Japan. Yeah, that's 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 pretty close. I mean, that yeah. I don't actually see any of the Japanese stuff on eBay. But, I mean, I do know uh, they've recently made figures of the, like, um, oh, the main guy. The one with, you know, the one with the mohawk on it. Uh, I can't think of his name. But anyway, I, I've seen new figures in the recent past, like where they made SH Figure Arts versions of these uh, from that series in Japan. Uh, but just there was something to those muscles. I mean, like these are like toys you'd get out of basically what you'd get out of uh, a gumball machine or something like that. But these had a different, unique flavor to them that just you wanted these. Whereas, you know, you didn't want to spend 25 cents on a goofy thing. Uh, these these had something that worked. And I can't tell you what the special sauce is there. Well, I'll say one thing. They they really were tough. Like, you know, my, my you know my brother and I, and I can tell you they were built with quality. They can withstand somebody ripping or twisting on arms. They could withstand some M80s. Back in the day when M80s were actually still real deal M80s and they came with a bang, they, they could withstand a good M80, man. We, we put them to the test. There, there may 
Although fire is their weakness. Fire is their weakness. All right. You know, I think I've been holding you back all episode of talking about this. You you've been so excited. I think we need to get into the epic hall section. Oh, okay. Let me start off with and what I got off of eBay was Strange Tales 134. I got it for like $6.50. It is beautiful. It's not that great condition, you know, probably 50 or less, so I'd say good. But why I am so excited is because the uh antique mall near us I uh, I call up there every now and then and I check on the the guy that runs a little comic booth and I y'all have heard me complain about him. I've talked to people that I know listen to this podcast. I've complained to them about him that he has overpriced stuff and he doesn't really know what he has. He just I, I don't know where he grabs his numbers sometimes. But anyway. I'd been in contact, and there were supposedly a few more books that he was bringing up. So I had the opportunity to go, and I was able to pick up two beautiful, beautiful books that I was super excited about. I got a Strange Tales, Doctor Strange, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., number 156. This is a Jim Steranko book. It is just gorgeous. And I guarantee you it's probably 8.5 or better. And like I said, the guy, I don't know where he gets his numbers, but I got this book for $6. There have been times I've tried to bargain with him. Let's just say I didn't say a word when he said $6. The other book that I was able to pick up is Amazing Spider-Man 105. The front cover is the Spider Slayer. I believe this is, you'll probably know if I'm wrong here, Rick. This is John Romita Sr., correct? In that, I haven't, I yeah, haven't, in that time it would be. I I, I, yeah. I haven't seen the book, so I don't know. But. It, right, I just haven't even taken it out of the bag and board. I, it's in such beautiful condition, and it is just beautiful. And I was so excited to get those two books because... I only paid eight bucks for that one. So for $14, I feel I got two very beautiful books that I totally got my money's worth on. And but but you you say that I'm excited about my call. You have a story. Well, I had uh, I had some old coins that I've never done anything with. I'm not going to do anything with. I just uh, just collected them over time. And the guy that I've been getting a lot of local hall stuff from lately is a guy that sells coins and stuff like that. So I thought, well, maybe I'll take these to him and see what's going on. So he found a bunch of stuff he liked and traded me straight up for one of the best hauls I've, I've ever gotten. I've got Daredevil 151, 156, 157, starring the Avengers. I've got Defenders 57, 67, and 70. Fantastic Four 181, 191. Incredible Hulk 222, 229. 230, 232. Marvel Spotlight number 22, Son of Satan with the Ghost Rider. Marvel 2 in 1 with Jack of Hearts, uh, Miss Marvel. And I also got Power Man number 49, which is by John Byrne. 
which is which is a pretty good book. You don't you don't normally see that. And Power Man and Iron Fist number fifty, John Byrne, which is the first official Power Man and Iron Fist. Now Power Man and Iron Fist didn't start as a series by itself. Power Man Luke Cage started as Hero for Hire, then transferred like issue I think seventeen to Luke Cage Power Man. And then changed once again whenever both uh, Iron Fist and Power Man both had comics that weren't doing well in sales. Well, Marvel combined them in issue number 50 as Power Man and Iron Fist. And I, I got that. And I'm very happy about that. It's a very good book. Very good artist. Never never seen one in the wild. So I'm very that happy That is awesome, man. That is way cool. See, I, I'm just glad everybody. And, and this week, I, I wanted to, you know, <laughs> we're, we're doing our, our hashtag local haul. If you hit us up, you know, we, we do talk about our local hauls every week. And people can hit us up on our Twitter or Facebook with hashtag local haul and show us what they got. That moves us to our final segment of Have You Seen It? What do you want us to see? Um, I want to see the new, uh, the new Godzilla movie. Um, it was, it was good. I liked it. It needed more Godzilla, but other than that, it was a good movie. See, see, you said the beef would start with my part. I'm, I'm gonna say uh, the new Godzilla was okay. It was all right. It was not, I don't know, it did not live up to my expectations. I'll say that. It felt more Cloverfield, you know? The, the, I waited until the end of the movie to see Godzilla, and then what I seen was pretty cool, but I wanted more of it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's more modern storytelling than anything. Um, I, I wish it would have been more Pacific Rim than... Uh, cloverfield that's for sure right right but it was good great acting all around it was just really good stuff if you don't have anything more my have you seen it for this week is 1981's american werewolf in london done by john landis i, I i've heard rumor that they're going to do oh, a it's remake. Not a rumor uh, it's max landis oh, it's max landis okay sweet now, if you haven't seen American Werewolf in London, it, in my opinion, was one of the last great werewolf mon- movies we, we've got to see. Uh, e- e- that's seriously one of the most recent, and that's 1981. It's uh, two American backpackers go, they're obviously in London. They get attacked by a, a pack of wolves. One of the friends dies. And the other one gets bit severely, but, you know, he, he's going to make it. And during this, his, uh, if I remember right, his dead friend keeps coming to him in, like, visions and tells him, hey, man, you're you're going to be a werewolf. And it was just great. And he, you, you're going to be a werewolf. You need to kill yourself. <laughs> his dead friend yeah, keeps yeah, trying to give it. Yeah, he keeps trying to tell him to kill himself, doesn't he? Yeah. It was ridiculous, but such a good movie, man. Yeah, and that's, that that reminds me movie. of the the weird time that was. Uh, you know, we had we had American Werewolf in London. We had Silver Bullet by Stephen King, which is a werewolf movie. We had the Howling series of movies that tried to play off of this. A- at that time, we had a lot of werewolf stuff going on. So, um, yeah, and, and and to show you where our society has become, the the only werewolf we've had in that 
that I can remember in the past few years is standing side by side a sparkly vampire, which is pathetic. Go and sad. Go team Jacob. Disgusting. <laughs> we need good werewolf movies, people. So let's support Max Landis and get this remake out there so they we can show what real werewolves and vampires do. My don't see it don't... is also Godzilla. This is the Matthew Broderick 90s horrible idea of Americanized Godzilla. Don't watch this movie. Not even for the fun factor. I mean, the, it, it, it's it's so bad that the Japanese, the next Godzilla movie that came out of Japan, featured this Godzilla and the real Godzilla ripping it to shreds. So, don't That's see this awesome. movie. Go see that movie instead. Uh, although, you know what? the The Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie has one of the most incredible soundtracks. Yeah, I loved I, that soundtrack. I think I, I have loved that soundtrack, it. dude. It's great. Rage Against the Machine is on it. Dang it, there's a couple more on there. You know, there's there's like a Jimmy Page rift in there. It, it's just a great. It's a great, great soundtrack. The movie was bleh, but the soundtrack was good. And don't see 1992's Alien Three. I, I mean, I I just don't like the fact that. First, the the alien is kind of silly looking. I hate the fact that once again, a she ha, how how do they know she has a queen in her? Like it was like it was placed in there. I, I don't know the the story just did not set well with me from the get go. Like the whole prison colony, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I think coming from Alien One, where you know she's a part of this like military research group i follow that then you know she has to get saved by the space marines that's awesome but then you go to the third one you basically kill off their android you you kill off newt you killed off let me try to think of who survived uh why can't i think of the actor's name the guy not hicks not hicks but the other guy... Yeah, that, John John Connor... Or not John Connor. Uh, 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 what's his face? Reese. You're just doing the same. No, yes. no, Reese. Yeah. Yeah, John Reese. No, not Reese um, from Ailey, uh, from Terminator. That's the oh, actor. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Reese from Terminator. Okay, you killed off all of them, and then what? Do, what's your final plan of action? We're just going to kill off Ripley. It, it just was not good. I didn't enjoy it. I thought... The alien was kind of silly looking. There wasn't enough alien, in fact. I don't know, man. Something just didn't sit well with me, and I I don't really care for it. It's definitely... I won't say it's my least favorite, (laughs) because Alien Resurrection is is most god-awful thing it, it may make an appearance on here someday but right now i'm saying don't all right alien. now we're really gonna fight okay a- <sighs> alien 3 starts off horribly I- i'll give you that you you kill off the whole uh uh great feeling at the end of alien 2 where we we saved people instead of just it's one person left um, and, and it was only in service to the story. I, I agree with that. That was a horrible move on the writers and, and direction of the movie. Now, the rest of the movie, space prison, 
uh, Charles S. Dutton, Charles Dance are in this movie. Lance Hendrickson's in this movie. Uh, the alien, I mean, it shows how the alien uh, pulls DNA from the host because it, it was in a dog. And so the alien comes out with dog-like abilities and, and, and looks. And that was the first time I realized that, that it was the, uh, the way the aliens worked was that they would pull DNA from the host as the eggs incubating. And so if you like if it was on a cow, you'd have a cow alien. And, and they played that up in the toys and stuff like that. But I thought that was really cool. I thought the movie was was good. I mean, you were trapped alone inside. There was one alien again. It try it, it did try to recapture the feel of Alien 1, but I, I would rewatch Alien 3. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I thought there was more than one alien in Alien 3. Wasn't there like three of them? I don't remember. I didn't think so. Maybe it was just the one and then the one that was inside her, correct? Yeah, the the queen, yeah. Oh, cuz that's know, where man. you that's where you get the famous uh, uh scene of uh of her yeah, the uh, against the wall. Thing. No, her her sitting against the wall and the alien comes up to her and extends its mouth, but it doesn't oh, hurt yeah. her. It doesn't hurt her cuz it senses she's carrying a queen. Right, right. It won't kill her. So basically, man, yeah, if she could have just like kept the queen incubated in her all the time she could have been like a freaking awesome alien killing machine but now but, alien you you mentioned alien Th- 4 so i'm going to mention that i uh, i that will okay. not be on my don't see it list because uh that movie has hellboy are in it are you kidding me what oh my goodness man Yes, but it also has Winona Ryder as one of... And she's fine. She's fine. No, no, she's not. Look, I know Winona Ryder can act. I watch Stranger Things. Whatever happened in Alien Resurrection is not that actress's ability to act. That was some... (laughs) It was horrible, man. We're we're doing an extended don't see it, people, with Alien Resurrection. I, I am totally against that movie as well. No, the, no, the incorrect, only, incorrect, sir. Oh, oh my goodness! The only good part of Alien Resurrection is where uh, she's digging around, and whoever the bad guy is, she redirects all the aliens to his floor and level of the ship. That part's hilarious. Whoever the bad guy is, isn't it uh, Worm Tongue? Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's freaking awesome. I didn't even think about that, man. Uh, that it. Took me. I've only seen that movie like maybe twice, and I think the second time was edited for television. And I was like, "Ugh!" Somebody else was watching it, and I didn't feel like changing the channel, so I watched it again. I don't know, man. Uh, it just did not set well with me. I'm gonna say you can find me on Twitter at Maynard98. You can find both of us on Twitter at Not So Southern G's. We've been doing pretty good traffic back and forth on some Twittering lately, so keep it up, people. The ones that are doing it, you you keep that up. The ones of you that aren't need to start doing it. Ricky, where can they find you? You can find me, at Ricky Westbrook, on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Not So Southern Gentlemen. You can find us all over the place on SoundCloud, on Stitcher. Uh, where else, Sean? Uh, iTunes and Google Play for Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Sean. And I'm Ricky. The God of Death has returned. But right now, I need to sleep. <laughs>